Good morning, Stacy. Hello, Rich. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Um, I've got a cold, but other than that, <laughs> sounds like it's... your mother also has a cold. Yeah, we we tend to be around the same two year old. Yeah. Kids are great so, about sharing when it comes to colds. Maybe not much else, but colds for sure. You know, the funny thing is, like, he bounces back in a day. <laughs> and uh, I don't. <laughs> if only. Right. But it could be worse. It's not the Rona. So. Not the Rona. That's a big, big plus right there. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get through it with uh, some uh, DayQuil and uh, Kleenex. <laughs> Well, that sounds like a good thing to do. Sometimes, you know, in the midst of these things, we we uh, just have to get through it and survive it. And in the surviving, we find that God teaches us things. Are you going to link that to what we're talking about well, today? That actually happens to be exactly what we're talking about today. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad I got sick. <laughs> good job. We, you know, we find that, that sometimes um, our plans don't match up with God's plans. And, and so the thing. Amen that, to that. <laughs> <laughs> things that God has in mind, his his best plans for us, the opportunities that he has uh, in store and the things that he intends for us uh, often uh, can look a lot more like disappointments than opportunities. And so uh, that that happens here, actually, in Acts chapter 16, as uh, Paul and his companions are uh, starting with verse six, traveling through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. Uh, and and they're there in this area because uh, the verse tells us that they've been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Now, that's a weird thing to start with, that the Holy Spirit is keeping them from preaching the gospel in a particular place. Uh, it doesn't say why. It doesn't give us any indication uh, as far as what God's plans are. It just says that the Holy Spirit keeps them from preaching the word there. And I don't know that we often would think about God keeping us from doing something that we know obviously is, is his will that well that kind of reminds me of of uh jesus telling certain people to you know keep quiet about what they've seen and then other people to spread the word you know right yeah it's, it's very interesting because uh the in the province of asia they do receive the gospel eventually but not not now not here not from paul and so uh god has has pushed them in a different direction so they they come to the border of Mysia and then they try to enter Bithynia, but they they can't go into Bithynia because it says the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So this has to seem very confusing to Paul. Why are these doors closing? Why why does God keep closing these doors? And you know, the the somewhat trite saying that you hear all the time when God closes a door, he opens a window. Right. Uh, sometimes he doesn't. But he opens a different door. He says, that, that's not the direction I want you to go. And, and it might not be the door that you want to go through. <laughs> and I would say it's often not. So, so they pass by Mysia because they're, they're not uh, going into Bithynia. All these towns get a little geography lesson as we go through. Right. And they go down to Troas, which is on the coast. And, and so during the night while they're there, Paul has a vision uh, a dream, if you will, of a man from Macedonia up moving into Greece. So now, now they're jumping across into uh, into Europe from from uh, this Near East Asia. And this vision has a man standing, a man from Macedonia, standing and begging him, "Come over to Macedonia and help us." 
after Paul had seen the vision, this is verse 10, uh, it says, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel there. So this, the rest of the chapter kind of follows this pattern uh, where things that were expected don't necessarily come about. And, and what seems to be a bad thing actually turns out to be God's specific plan to further his gospel, to further his kingdom. And, and notice it says that, uh, that included that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So he's seen the vision. The doors have closed. Not really sure what to make of all of this, except for, you know, best I can tell as I'm wrestling through this, sorting it out. I think God wants us to go into Greece, into Macedonia. We want to go preach the gospel here. Um, and so a lot of times sorting out God's will for our, our daily decisions and the direction that we're going uh, seems a lot like just kind of muddling through and, and making our best guess. Although in God's sovereignty, he knows exactly what our guesses are. <laughs> you know, it's, right, right. He's orchestrating these things. Uh, in the Old Testament, the, the priest would use the, the Urim and the Thummim or the, or the casting of lots uh, to make determinations about what God's will is. And the thinking behind it is even in these, uh, these chance things, if you can picture a coin flip or a roll of the dice, even in these chance things, God still reigns as sovereign. He, he is in control of them. So while it's chance to us, it isn't chance to God. And as he is moving Paul and his companions in a direction that isn't the direction that they want, they get into Philippi. They uh, meet some people there, including a woman named Lydia, and, and she's converted and her household is converted. And, and they establish a church here in Philippi man, this is awesome. Things are going great. I can totally see what God's doing. Except for then, <laughs> they run into this uh, slave girl who has a, a spirit by which she predicts the future. Her, her owners make a lot of money on this fortune. She's following them around, annoying the heck out of them. It's funny how God uses annoying people to do good things in our lives. So she's annoying them, basically. Uh, Paul becomes irritated and troubled. Uh, as she's going around saying, these men are servants of the Most High God. And so she, by this unclean spirit, is uh, is proclaiming them. And much like Jesus telling the demons to shut up when they were talking about who he was, Paul finally has enough of it. Cast Awesome, right? So she's freed, except for her owners are ticked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because there goes the moneymaker. Right. No. What's going on here? That's not cool. So they have Paul and Silas and their companions thrown into jail. They're, they're, they're stripped, they're beaten, severely flogged in this public way and thrown into prison. Uh, they're, they're shackled and put away. So this, again, does not look like God's best plan for my life. You know, what is, what is happening right. here? Has God abandoned me? All of this, though, is part of what God is doing and directing them. And we'll see that by the end. So they're, they're in prison, right? They're in this inner cell. They're, they're shackled in stocks here. And verse 25 says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. 
and the other prisoners were listening to them. So while they're in prison, how they respond to this adversity that God gives them, gives them not only an opportunity to worship God in this, but to be a witness to the other prisoners who are there hearing it. Boy, we could really learn from that as far as how we handle the adversity in our lives right. and those who get to see and hear uh, our, our responses to what on our end are disappointments, but it's actually God's divine appointments for us. And so uh, in the midst of this, while they're praising, they have this violent earthquake. The foundations of the prison are shaken. The prison doors fly open. Everybody's chains come loose. And the jailer wakes up. He's tripping. He's, like, he's about to kill himself because th this is not going to go well for him. Paul stops him and says, hey, hold up. We're all here. So the jailer calls for lights, comes in, checks everything out. They're all there. And his immediate response is, whoa. <laughs> Verse 30 says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? He's recognizing. He's been hearing them singing. Probably got on his nerves. He's been hearing them singing and praying. Now he's seeing in them, through this adversity, the power of God. So the, this jailer believes they tell him, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. So uh, they, they speak the word of the Lord to him. They share the gospel. Uh, they go at that hour of the night. He takes them. Uh, he washes their wounds. Uh, he and his family receive the Lord. They get baptized. Uh, they, he, he, he does this you know, amazing thing. Is he takes prisoners into his home, and they sit down and have a meal. And so they're, they're sorting this out. At daylight, the magistrates sent their officers over to get uh, Paul and Silas out. <laughs> so the jailer says, hey, the magistrates have, have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But check out how Paul and Silas respond. They're getting the fact that God is moving in this disappointment, in this adversity. They've been beaten publicly. They've been severely flogged, and, and they're, they've bled, they're wounded, they've been humiliated. But Paul doesn't accept the release. In verse 37, he says to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens. Whoa, that's a big red flag. They can't do that legally. So Paul uses this legal status they have as citizens to appeal, uh, to stay in prison, to appeal the case, to keep going forward, which ends up resulting in much more ministry taking place. And that's what we see for the rest of the book, basically. But if, if they had not said, you know, hey, we're Roman citizens, uh, they could have been let go. Right. But instead of taking advantage of the easy route, they said, no, God is in this after all. We're going to make this about him. We're going to bring glory to his name and we're going to use the legal system to do it. Amazing stuff, how God uses disappointment, how God uses adversity and hardship and struggle, even, if you will, pandemics to bring about his greater purpose. Well, there's a lot to talk about here, uh, so I'm sure we'll have way a lot. too much for one Sunday, <laughs> right. alone one minute podcast. Right. Uh, so we'll definitely dive a little deeper into this on Tuesday uh, after the message this week. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and be sure to uh, check out our live stream on Sunday morning if you're not in the area on our Facebook page or on our YouTube page. And as always, if you have any questions or, or want to join the conversation uh, after this sermon, feel free to send us a message on Facebook or send us an email at somethingreal at reallifeonline.org. Mm -hmm. And I think that is all I have for today. Rich? You sound great for having a cold. I'm a really good 
faker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've also had a lot of coffee, so uh, that always yeah, helps yeah. with everything. So uh, I will leave it at that. And yeah, uh, feel free to join us on Sunday and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Rich. Thank you. Bye.